Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hey, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my co-host. I'm Chris Huddleston. And today, uh, we're very excited to be here in person, as happens occasionally, uh, in the same town where we grew up, being able to do this podcast together instead of uh, on opposite ends of a Zoom thing. We're on the same end of a Zoom thing. But today, we're going to be talking about a brand new release which we do from time to time. So if you're not interested in hearing us spoil something that just came out that you might want to see for yourself, then we encourage you to not watch this one and go check it out and come back. Today, we are going to be talking about The Matrix Resurrections. Thomas, you seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had Dreams that weren't just dreams. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. Hi. Have we met? why you're still fighting and why you will never give up you don't know me no Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddles? I do. So this one is directed by Lana Wachowski, and it stars Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, probably butchered that, Jonathan Groff, and Neil Patrick Harris. And the synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes, 
To find out if his reality is a physical or mental construct, Mr. Anderson, aka Neo, will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. If he's learned anything, it's that choice while an illusion is still the only way out of or into the matrix. Neo already knows what he has to do, but what he doesn't yet know is that the matrix is stronger, more secure, and far more dangerous than ever before. I don't know if that's what happened in the movie or not. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> I don't want to tip my hand here, but that makes it sound a lot more highbrow than I got. Exactly. Yeah. So what did you think? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think when we talk about these movies, we need to talk about expectation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've had my heart broken with sequels so many times, including the Matrix 2 and 3. Yeah, for sure. Loved the Matrix as many people did felt that the matrix was uh was aimed well you know i felt that the matrix was for me and for everybody else and then i went back and watched the sequels and was bitterly disappointed when i saw them when they first were released and i don't know that i could articulate precisely why at the time went back recently rewatched two and three or at least parts of it and realized or I, I felt, oh, these movies weren't aimed at me. These movies were aimed at a more, at a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the relationship between Neo and uh, Trinity in those movies, it was a lot more like high school or even junior high school romance where they got jealous of each other. And there were other, you know, there's another female character that Trinity gets jealous of. And, and at the time I was like, what is happening? And then I thought, well, you know, if this is aimed at a 13 year old, um, I, I read the movie differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I, I'm not quite sure who this was aimed at. I feel like this was aimed at people who loved it, love, love, loved it the first time around. It felt a little bit like a reunion tour like hey we're getting the band back together and we're all in our 60s and you know it's gonna be great man um and and the the prevailing thing was like we're just gonna have a lot of fun revisiting this universe um i didn't really have a lot of fun revisiting this universe i thought the fight sequences were mostly pretty tepid and forgettable um you know, we don't get, um, we don't, we, we do get Smith and Morpheus back, but we don't get Hugo Weaving and, uh, help me out, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne as their roles. We get new faces. Um, and and they, why that were they new? Did you understand that? What the, I mean, I don't know. I I assume that Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo Weaving just said pass. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, no, we don't. So you don't think it was a purposeful thing that it was like they purposely wrote them out of it to have new? I doubt it. I think if they could have gotten Hugo Weaving and and Lawrence Fishburne back, they'd they'd have gotten them. Right. No offense against the people that they put in those roles now, but it felt like the script needed to sort of explainerate why it's different faces, mm-hmm. right? And this movie, like the sequels, does an awful lot of talking, mm-hmm. a lot of explainerating is my term for it. Um, it's visually pretty slick. I'll tell you the one thing I really did enjoy about this movie was seeing uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss 
repri reprise their roles together opposite each other. Mm -hmm. um, I think they always had great chemistry opposite each other, even though I didn't like movies two and three um, across the whole series. And, and that comes back to life here in a way that is, I mean, we're all older, but that it just felt rich and anchored that for me. Mm -hmm. But we kind of find him choosing to take the red or the blue pill again. And I, I don't know. I just didn't. Your text to me was meh. <laughs> the man, I think that kind I've of... been calling it the metrics. <laughs> M-E-H. You know, because that's kind of how. Yeah. yeah my So yeah. I had very similar uh, views on the previous movies. You know, the original Matrix, I would say sci-fi movies of the last 20 25 years it's up there among the best um and i was like you i didn't like the two sequels at all and i i saw them in the theater and i've never revisited them and i know that's a pretty common a lot of people were disappointed by this but for whatever reason i i would say i was cautiously optimistic going into this you know the trailers looked good and um I, I kind of went into it thinking, well, the first one was really revolutionary in this kind of groundbreaking thing in terms of special effects that we hadn't really seen before. And I thought maybe with 20 years of advancements that we might see something like that again. It's, it's like, uh, you know, you can say what you want about James Cameron and Avatar, but I think you discount him at your peril you know he's proven it's like titanic it's going to be a big flop and it was massive and avatar it's going to be a big and you know now it's like they're making these movies how 15 years later or whatever and he's making three or four of them back to back but i'm certain if anything you're going to be blown away technologically i think by those films and i thought maybe the matrix this new matrix might do that a little bit and it doesn't um, I don't have a problem with any of the performances. I think all the acting is fine. But like the second and third, I just kind of found myself not caring. You know, I didn't hate it. I, I was entertained by it, but I saw it with a couple of friends and, and they're uh, in the theater. So this you can see in the theater or on HBO Max. And my friends said, if it wouldn't have been for me being there. They probably would have walked out. You know, mm -hmm. They hated it that much. I think you are seeing possibly, so this was just one Wachowski instead of the two together on, uh, and I forget the other. So this is Lana, I forget the other, the other Wachowski sibling, what the name is, but for whatever reason, they chose not to return for this. And it feels kind of like a one trick pony thing to me where the matrix was this, um, you know, really amazing groundbreaking movie. And then everything that they've done since then. So they did these couple of sequels and then they did speed racer, which I haven't seen. So I, I shouldn't bash it, but it didn't seem too appealing to me. And nobody grabbed you and said, you have to see this movie. Exactly. So. Yeah. And, um, cloud atlas as well and you said something we were talking the other night that i didn't know and this explains a lot to me that the original 
uh, Matrix script, somebody else wrote it and it was a contest or something? That is a story that I okay. have heard. I, I can't confirm that. I don't know that um, the story that that I heard, whether it is true or not, was that um, they had a some sort of a contest for scripts because they wanted to make a movie and that, that whomever wrote The Matrix submitted it and they selected it and were paid whatever comparatively small amount, probably pretty decent for a script at the time. I mean, when I was just out of grad school, if you were a nobody and you wrote a first script and a studio wanted to buy it, you might get $150,000 for the script and you did a backflip because you think, awesome. Grand, yeah. yeah, that's a I'll lot of money it. for me. And, uh, you know, the studio's buying my names could be on it. I don't know what the what the details of that were but considering what it then went on to make um again this what i've heard is then that person has sued and won mm -hmm. a settlement because i presume some portion of that initial script agreement wasn't honored and their name wasn't attached the, the insinuation is that the wikowskis or wikowskis passed it off as their original material when there was an author involved and felt slighted enough and won in court. Now, maybe all that's baloney and I don't know. I'm just, that's this, that's what I heard. And it, it makes a certain kind of not, it's not a conspiracy theory, but it makes a certain sense when you look at two and three, if the, the kernel of the idea, the sort of brainchild that was the matrix script, which is really a pretty, when you look at the matrix, it's a pretty tidy little messiah story mm -hmm. right i mean it's like he's the one he has to come to believe that he's the one and when he comes to believe the one he sort of saves the world although we don't actually get that far he doesn't really save the world but he fulfills the prophecy mm -hmm. and then for two and three what we see is what it feels like is they're struggling to figure out not just, I mean, I think if you look at two and three, there's kind of one movie's worth of story there, stretched, yeah. milked out into two whole feature length things, probably because the studio was like, we got a goose that lays golden eggs here. You know, we, we're going to give you a two movie deal. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, then there's a rave scene that goes on for five minutes. Uh, maybe we can make that seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's not driving anything forward, right? So, I, again, I don't know if that's true, but it feels kind of true. I always had my kind of, if I could go back in time and, and have the Matrix 2 and 3 that I wanted, it would always be that Matrix 2 was a prequel about the, the humans and the war with the machines, like we've seen in the Animatrix. Animatrix touches on that a little bit, whether it's the actual war of the machines or it ends with the war of the machines, but totally different. Like before all this happened, you know, because they say in the Matrix, we don't know who burned the sky or whatever. Mm -hmm. You kind of leave these characters completely, or you see an earlier iteration of the Matrix altogether. And there's the sort of anomaly, the sort of Neo of that time, an earlier version of it. And maybe it feels like the Empire Strikes Back. Maybe it feels like a tragedy. Mm -hmm. And we know somehow we know what's coming or we know we hope what's coming. 
And then the third movie would be picking up where we leave off and maybe not necessarily what we see, but there's some sort of resolution of a world post matrix where the machines and the humans, some of them choose, like maybe matrix four is Neo wakes up, he's back in the matrix and the, the, the twist or the revelation is you chose to go back in here. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there is a human society outside now and we do coexist, but there's a lot of people that think it's better and the matrix is kind of a utopia and you, Thomas Anderson actually wanted to go back in. So now you're like, let me out. Fine. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, that would be kind of like, there would be a way to make each one mind bending. Mm -hmm. That was so great. It was, yeah, the camera effects were revolutionary and, and unique and created for it at the time. And that was absolutely visually awesome. But mm -hmm. I think that was, what was really mind bending about it was this, is it the ontological argument? You're the philosophy guy that it, what if we're all brains in a jar? What if this is all a simulation? Yeah. I don't remember the philosopher and I don't know yeah. enough about philosophy, but there is this philosophical argument of like, how do we know that reality is real and that we're not, we could just be, this could all just be input somehow mm -hmm. that I thought made that, that unit. And so we, as the audience are struggling to believe with Neo, right? Because it all seems so real. What if a spoon is not a spoon? Or like, how would you con convince yourself yeah. That you could just bend spoons. Like, how could you bring yourself to believe the unbelievable? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's all part of what makes that original movie so effective. But I, we haven't seen anything that feels revolutionary no. or, or, or um, world bending, spoon bending, if you will, yeah. um, in, the, in the other three movies. But you're right. It wasn't terrible. I wouldn't have walked out of it. No. Um, it was just... I think I went to two and three and watched four, hoping, hoping I was going to get something like that was going to knock me out of my seat, like that first one did. And well, and I think, you know, we've had all these, because what is it, like 18 years since the last yeah. one or something? So we've had all this time to, to mellow on it, I guess. And, and one thing that I read this week that I guess is true, I mean, is, isn't a rumor or anything, is that. We could look it up. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's we can Wikipedia. <laughs> that HBO or Warner Brothers or whatever was going to make this this new film with or without the involvement of oh. and they they were just, just going to do it. They're just basically like, well, we're going to do this. So you wonder, you know, my guess is I wonder if she said, okay, you know, if maybe she didn't have an amazing idea or anything, but it, it was if kind you're of like, do it, I want to be, yeah, I want to be the one to do it rather than, than somebody else, because this is my, or creation, if you're you know? going to do it, you know, I can get Keanu and it could have been true. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe you know, they wouldn't have come back. You, know? you were telling me about the Blade Runner uh, animated stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, in Star Wars, uh, Tron, like a lot of properties, they are making sort of within the universe animated series. And mm -hmm. I would think that the matrix as a property is ripe for that kind of a thing. Sure. Well, and I would say we, you know, we touched on it a little bit, but I would say this is kind of maybe not just the animatrix, but like a whole series. Where oh, you, sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Taking um, places that it hasn't necessarily. Yeah. With it, with the Neo, you know, and uh, the other characters, but um, 
this is kind of getting into our recommendation part, but I would, me in terms of a recommendation, if you're somebody who liked the first Matrix movie and were maybe iffy on the other ones, I would say skip this and watch the Animatrix because I'm sure there are you know way fewer people who saw the Animatrix than saw the movies. And I, as I remember, the Animatrix I thought was really great. There was a lot to recommend it. It was a uh, it's super anime, weird. It's but, an anthology yeah. of of anime shorts. Is all of it anime? Yeah, yeah, it's all anime. By different, but it's different directors and different, different studios. So the styles are a little yeah. different, you know. Some of them, one of them at least, is very dark. One of them that shows the War of the Machines is that's yeah, that's pretty is pretty painful. Uh, the machines are kind of tearing people apart, and it's like yeah, ow. But um, lots of interesting stuff in there if you're into the universe. I didn't ever play the video games or any of that stuff either. I don't think I. I don't think I this references either. the video game a lot, and I, I thought was there a matrix video game and then i kind of was reading an article about it that referenced the i was like i i bet there was and i bet it yeah. was really popular yeah yeah i don't recall i don't recall playing that that brings up two two thoughts based on what you said one so the animatrix we have uh you know where it's pretty dark and violent and this was something that i was thinking watching this so all of the movies have been rated r why did this need to be rated R? What was there's, you know, some profanity. It's not particularly violent. Is there some not, profanity? I don't I, even they remember. They swore that. a little bit in it, but it's, but, but there's, I'm not even sure not why. By today's standards. I'm not even sure why it got an R rating, to be honest. There's no nudity. There's no nudity. Um, there's not, there's no blood, right? It's not even like. There's a bunch of, you know cgi bullets and spraying you know it's just like people doing flips and yeah and that's another thing the the even the fight scenes were just kind of pedestrian i thought they're 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 shot really i felt like they were really tight you know zoomed in and when they, they i would have preferred them to be um a little wider um so I don't know. They just felt kind of claustrophobic to me. I don't want to get on another rant about practical effects because certainly the the original Matrix had a lot of computer, mm -hmm. um, but the feel of it was that they played a lot with slow mo and wire work, and using that camera thing where you know you leap up in the air and go to super slow mo, mm -hmm. and then you know it would rotate around. I'm thinking they when they first go into the building to free Morpheus and. There's a shot where he's doing these sort of cartwheels mm -hmm. where he's going like that in slow-mo and shooting the whole way. And it, it really was a, it was a kind of a ballet in slow motion and sort of this parkour on the wall. Right. And the, the casings falling through the air. And it's absurd mm -hmm. in how over the top the munitions and everything are. But It's all very deliberate and each shot, I mean, I remember sitting there thinking simultaneously, like that's absurd and that is so cool. Yeah. And that's actually oddly beautiful, you know? That it, first, it was all very choreographed. That first 20 or 30 minutes, I was really on board and you have the, I don't even remember, you know, we should 
uh, there's not a lot of research here, but uh, the, no the, the woman here. with the blue, <laughs> the woman with the blue hair. She was great. I, th I thought she was really great. And, you know, she's jumping around and there would be scenes where she would jump and land on the edge of a building and they would freeze frame there for a second as the as the stone or the concrete kind of crumbles under her feet. And then she leaped. And I was like, this is really, really great. Yeah. And they never really came back to that all that much. I didn't yeah. feel. And it that that part felt like, oh, okay, so now we're back in the matrix, but not new. So 20 years later, we're kind of like, are we just going to make another movie that's, so we're just going to do the matrix again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went into this, I, I tried to stay away from spoilers, but I did read a couple of, of um, reviews going into it. And, and I saw more than one person say, this kind of reminded them of um, a bit of The Force Awakens, where it was like sort of a remake and sort of a sequel. And, and, it, and it did feel like that a bit to me. As far as the CG, with you watching the, the other movies, it was fairly recently that you watched them? Yeah, a couple of months ago. Okay. Did you feel like the CG in this, like particularly I was, I was noticing the, you know, when they're in the, uh, you know, they're kind of being harvested or whatever it is that, you know, in those pods. And it was like, it doesn't look terrible, but this is clearly CG. Could you really see that the CG in this was any better than those movies? You know, I mean, did I didn't, it really... I didn't Maybe you'd have to in, see them like back to back. And I didn't see it in the oh, theater true, either. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, but I didn't rewatch the sequels in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my problem with the sequels was not the quality of the effects. It mm -hmm. was the story. Oh, the yeah, story yeah, for sure. And so I didn't, you know, they have, they, they brought a kind of a zombie element into this. They call it like mob mode or something and maybe that's a reference to the video game but where instead of the agents just kind of taking over any individual propping from person to person at will that they could sort of co-opt whole groups of people so you get this kind of zombie mode where people would go and their eyes would fill with the matrix mm -hmm. for some reason mm -hmm. uh and then and there's one where they're people are jumping out of they're jumping out of buildings, kind of becoming human missiles as, as Neo or Trinidad or maybe both of them are riding a motorcycle down the street. And, and so you're seeing these bodies fall and hit the pavement. And that scene struck me as like, that's edgy. Um, it made me think of 9-11. It made me think, you know, I thought mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um, and something we haven't seen before, but there wasn't a whole bunch of that. I, no. So I don't, I don't know if the quality of CG was better or not. I saw it on like a, I don't know, it's like a 50 inch TV mm -hmm. instead of in the theater. Yeah. And I, you know, to be fair, these movies are really meant to be seen in the theater. Right. Um, but the effects have never been my problem. No, no. Like I didn't love no, not at all. in the sequels. I didn't love the twins with the dreadlocks, the, like the twin white guys. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, but I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. It just started to feel like 
how can we take the couture element somehow and like spin that? I'm like, it's not about the couture. It's, you know, yeah, I get it. They look sharp because they can look any way they want, but that's not the substance of the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Another sort of the flip side of that with the kind of 9-11 elements, this movie is jokey. There's a lot of, and and I don't remember, you know, there might've been here or there in the previous films, you know, a funny line, but, you know, he, so Neo is, you know, he's this video game designer and there's a good bit in the beginning with him in the company that he works for and these guys that all work there and they're all cracking jokes and it was game game design yeah game design company and i felt like all of that really fell flat and it was just like why are we i don't want to spend time with these guys you know but and i don't recall them being being jokey in the other in the other films to that degree no no the other certainly the original one was deadly serious yeah um yeah this definitely felt like you know we're we're seeing this with everything where you almost feel as if the studios at this point are so desperate for one because from what i read and I, i guess we'll see what happens you know this didn't open particularly well i guess it's doing okay on hbo max but the studio is wanting to do more of these and you know i guess more matrix more matrix yeah and it just feels like with everything the studios are saying hey you've heard of this thing right everybody remembers the matrix and it doesn't matter if it's something that came out a year ago or came out 20 years ago or a movie from the 50s or whatever it's like we are going to find everything that anyone has ever liked and figure out a way that we can make sequels and reboots or what you know what i mean then well they want Um, sure things they want sure things and i don't know that is the matrix a sure thing i mean the 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 first one was a massive hit i think they think it was because the the first one was such a massive yeah the next two made money but they were viewed as and i don't I'd have to look up the box office, but I know that the second and third, I don't believe did as well as the original. And I, I, I definitely know that the perception was these aren't as good as the original. So they were taking because something. they weren't as good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, I'm sure there's people out there that are like, oh, the third mm-hmm. one is my favorite, my favorite movie or whatever. But, but so they, you, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it makes me think of, um, terminator you know you have terminator one and terminator two they're both classics and they you know how how many have they made and it's just oh everybody loved the terminator so we're gonna make more of these how many have they made four 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 five did they make five six i mean they had there's at least five so t1 and maybe six both james cameron Mm -hmm. t3 was not james cameron but arnold was back for that t was t3 the female terminator the female terminator t4 then they did the one with christian bale was christian bale mm-hmm. so t5 then they did the one with uh the woman from uh game of thrones which i that never saw t5? that one. 
Yeah, that's uh, what was that Genesis Terminator Genesis? Yeah, okay. And then they did the one where they got uh, Linda Hamilton back. So is that six? T six. Yeah. And I and we don't want to get off on a necessarily a side tangent. I kind of liked that one. Did you see it? I think I've seen them all. Uh, I never saw Genesis. Um, it's not the I Christian mean, Bale again, one. It's not terrible it's just you keep wanting it to be t1 or t2 you keep wanting christian to be james bale cameron one, christian bale one was terrible it did not work uh but it had its moments though there was cool stuff in it yeah but it didn't float but so and you know maybe the terminator is dead until but then i'm sure they'll make another one at some point they'll do something and and that's kind of how this these aren't as necessarily as bad as what yeah. the terminator got to be but anyway it's just they're going to take every and i guess i can't even complain about it anymore because it doesn't you know it doesn't take away from those original films but it's just they're going to take anything yeah. that somebody has heard of and watched and liked and it made money and figure out a way to you know yeah. and we're seeing that that's not always going to work well it's my it's the same gripe though with the matrix and the term it's the same gripe that you've got a property where the first the concept hits because you're like oh, oh that's totally original right and and people love it and re-watch it and buy the dvd and you know mm -hmm. because you're just like i've never seen anything like that before cameron is really good at making sequels because he is really good at turning it. Like he did the same thing with Alien from Ridley Scott's Alien to Aliens, where he's like, all right, it's, it is going to be more of the same and it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. So it's not the monster in the shadows. This one, it's uh, an action movie where there's a whole bunch of monsters yeah. and it's a shoot 'em up. And, you know, you know, we got to, we got to fall back as far as we can before they overrun us. With Terminator, right? It's the single robot comes back in time. We all know the Terminator T2. Oh, now the bad robots on the good guy's side. And it's a totally different liquid guy, right? But when he stepped back off of it and they kept trying to remake that, like, oh, so three is like, three's a different Terminator. Like you, you already did the different Terminator. Mm -hmm. You have to reinvent the property. Yeah. Right. And I think the problem is with the Matrix is like, oh, you love the Matrix. Great. We're going to make two more and more of the same. And you're like, no, we loved it because you. You created something new, you you get two more movies and it's awesome and we'll see them, but you have to reinvent the property. Mm -hmm. So it's not. So when I go and rewatch T2, it's because I'm in the mood for arnold as a good guy and when i go and re-watch t1 it's arnold as a bad guy and right. when i watch a same thing with aliens it's like they're different types of movie within it being the same property right so i blah, feel blah, like blah. cameron could the guy could i mean he's i'm sure yeah he's more money than he can ever spend but uh, he could reinvent people, the Terminator property. People, people got mad about those Terminator movies because with each one, Cameron would come out and some he was involved, some of the later ones he was involved with to some degree and some he wasn't. And with each one, he would come out and say, oh, it's really good. And then the movie would kind of suck and people would be upset with Cameron. And I basically think either 
he just didn't want to crap on the people who were doing or it was just well i'm going to make more money this way if i'm not going to you know uh well talk it down and what why don't we pivot a little bit to talk about what we just watched so yeah. we're going to summarize this and we're going to move on to another thing so would you recommend this to people uh, i mean i would not recommend go to see it in the theater if you have hbo max and you're curious um you know i i'm definitely not a matrix super fan i love the first one and the other ones are you know various degrees of mediocre to bad so i would say skip this one like i say i, I would recommend if you haven't seen the animatrix watch that i don't know if that's on hbo max or not but i don't know where you find that i mean uh, but i would more or less if agree. it's streaming somewhere watch it it's it's really good i would say meh yeah we've definitely reviewed worse movies I didn't have a hard time sitting through this. Like I would not have gotten up and left the theater. No. Um, it, it does have a comic element to it. You know, and I like watching actors impersonate other actors. Like we were talking about Batman gives dad, we've got to go down, talk with the people. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I, I think that's fun. So you have Jonathan Groff who does a Mr. Anderson. He's doing homage to Hugo Weaving and they they play with that a little bit in a couple of ways, like at last when he sees him. And mm -hmm. none I, of the that's a giggle. Yeah, none of the performances so, were bad. We didn't even talk about Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, his performance was good. Yeah, he's a and, pro. And, it's just... And, and like I say, we, I, we should know the names, but the, the woman with the blue hair I thought was really great. And it's great to see... I mean, everybody loves Keanu. With you know, Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris, I just wanted everyone to break into song. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is this a musical? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, what I, that's what I kept waiting for. And I don't know. That would have been the craziest thing in the world. It would have Make it like a anything Bollywood. that would have breathed some more life it's into like this. It's like a Bollywood yeah. version of The Matrix. But yeah, I would say skip it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to be like, you have to go see this movie. But if you've got it on streaming and you want to check it, it's, it's, it's okay. All right, so what did we watch? Right, so we this? just watched the first episode of Boba Fett, which is on Disney Plus, and it's the, it's not the Mandalorian season two, but it is sort of what, what we get in the meantime. Um, and the reason why I wanted to piggyback onto this is here is a series, right, that they're that they've made into an episodic from the Star Wars franchise that I think does do that thing it you've got this huge canon timeline with a lot of empty gaps oh so we see this oh and then there's the clone wars and then and you're kind of like well the clone wars was what <laughs> 30 years or something like that mm -hmm. so th they've got they've let some people creatively off the leash and this one we're back on tatooine we're following boba fett and I don't want to spoil it because it's brand new, but I just want to talk about it in very general terms. I loved it. I thought it was really fun. And we get to we get to explore the sand people and we see some Jawas and, and what happens to Boba Fett. And it's fresh. It is a walk down memory lane. We're going back to our beloved settings, but it's new aspects of those settings. So it's fleshing in stuff and there's this kind of cool like i didn't love the i didn't love the star wars prequels but people started they did stuff with lightsabers that as a kid i was always like 
why don't they just take the lightsaber and like stick it's like this late you know they cut a hole in the door and that's what happens right at the beginning so i'm like yeah we're not just dinging lasers everywhere we're actually burning holes and stuff with these so i feel like the mandalorian and this new series totally gets that like if you were a kid in 1979 watching this you'd be like oh man you know what would be awesome is if they were like you know that part what if they did like this other thing and this series does a lot of that stuff you're getting the so we're getting to see you know exact reproductions of sets that we really know well but then also we're seeing other and characters uh, and characters and i thought it was neat and this isn't any kind of a spoiler because this is in the uh, the little preview at the end of the last season of the mandalorian but we're in java's palace but we get to see other rooms in java's palaces palace that we've never seen before just that stuff is is neat to me but we get um I, I said this as we were watching it i felt at times with the new star wars movies the um the sequels i guess um seven the eight, seven eight nine. nine and i didn't hate those they were they were fine um i thought but, they were fun but they felt a lot they felt like um fan fiction to me a lot of the time and i don't really know exactly how to put it put my finger on this but what they're doing with the mandalorian and what this first episode of the boba fett show you're getting the fan service so we're seeing oh so that's how you know that's how that took place that you know we kind of wondered for the last 40 years or whatever what happened in some of these situations so we're definitely getting that and they're bringing in you know, even just seeing certain ships and weapons and these kind of things that are little nods that it's just like, oh, it's cool just to see that. But they're also giving us new spins and new backstories on on things that I, I just think is really handled in a way that to me does not feel like fan fiction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting distinction. The fan it's fiction, a great juggling act that they, the fan that they fiction there, element is almost like an arbitrariness mm-hmm. um yeah and 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 stretching plausibility in a way that you're kind of like yeah i don't know exactly how to quantify that but i i feel like i know what you're talking about and i agree it's gonna it'll be interesting to me to see how this does and also when the mandalorian i mean it's star wars so there's an audience baked in, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when the Mandalorian comes back, because presumably, you know, we, and this is a spoiler if people haven't seen the last season, but, but uh, baby Yoda Grogu gets taken away by Luke to go and do his training. So presumably you're going to have in the next season, they're going to the focus is going to, to go away from but maybe you get pedro pascal again or is he not yeah. no no he's, yeah, he's, he's doing it he, yeah he's coming back as far as i know but you're going to you know i'm i'm assuming the baby is not to keep baby yoda part of it they're gonna they're gonna keep him a part of it but i just wonder how much of it he's going to be because yeah you have this entire audience of uh, let's just say people that aren't necessarily hardcore star wars fans 
that fell in love with baby Yoda. Yeah. And if you take baby, you know, there's a whole lot of people that just, you know, it, it could be not even called the Mandalorian. It could be called the baby Yoda show. Well, they and might if you, spin that off. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But, but if you take baby Yoda out of it, or if he's in it a lot less, what, you know, do you lose some of those viewers? I wonder what will happen with that. This is precisely the challenge we were talking about is you try and make lightning strike, catch lightning in a bottle again mm -hmm. by making Mandalorian season two, some rehash version of Mandalorian season one. No, you, you have to come up with the new baby Yoda, mm -hmm. right? You got to come up with something that another great hook. You can't just keep writing the same song, right? It's you got another, you have to come up with another great hook. I think it makes me think of Adele because Somehow she manages to put out another album that knocks people over backwards. Now it's still Adele. Mm -hmm. You still love it because you love her voice and you love how she sings, but, and, and there's similarities between what take it easy on me as the new single and hello and mm -hmm. each big signal. Yeah. They, they're clearly, she's showcasing what she does best, but you don't feel like they're just, the same song over and over and over right so i think in season two they're like all right how are we going to come up with something as lovable and sticky and awesome and merchandisable as baby yoda well good luck if you do it i can't wait to see it you know because it's, i want something new in hindsight it's so it's so simple that they came up with baby yoda but also it's just such a genius thing because genius. you get genius you know you had all the star wars fans that uh, you know, there were a whole lot of Star Wars fans that didn't like the Ewoks, right? But there were people that did like the Ewoks. And I'm sure there are Star Wars fans out there that are just like, I hate Baby Yoda. You know, like he's terrible, but he's almost universally loved. And again, you have the people that aren't the hard, hardcore Star Wars fans that you get drawn in right. by him. Right. But you still have the old guys like us that are just like, I love Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I remember when, because we were there, for, we were the six-year-olds for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And by the time they got to Return of the Jedi, where we were seeing, you know, I was like, why wasn't it the Wookiee planet? Like, what's with these cute that was the original plan, yeah. And what were, we were the 12 or 13 by then, or we were, I don't know how many years had gone by. But that was a movie for six-year-olds. Yeah. Like each one of those is aimed at kids because they want the kids to, and there's a whole story about, oh, he had a bunch of little people that they didn't get the, what they wanted with the contract with Willow. So he wanted that, you know, there's a whole story, that's another... but it wasn't for us anymore. I mean, they, they wanted us to enjoy it, but it was really aimed at our little siblings. But they're they're smart, I think, also with what they're doing now, because um, I know a whole lot of people and you know, I don't have kids. I know a whole lot of people who are big fans of The Mandalorian who don't have children. And, you know, so there are people are and maybe not even no, I agree. And I know people that aren't that aren't gigantic Star Wars fans like us who also really enjoy The Mandalorian. Again, maybe sucked in by by Baby Yoda. But, you know, they've done a really smart thing there because you know kids are watching this but you have adults you know you probably have whole families watching it but you also have adults watching it independent from children so again that's a really i think there's so many strokes of genius yeah to make it like the spaghetti westerns you know to make him the kind of he's the 
not the silent man, but he's largely silent. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of dialogue, right? right? He's kind of the man with no name. He's the kind of Clint Eastwood in the spaghetti westerns. And they even do that with the music design. And each episode is a little like, you know, oh, this is like Fist for the Dollars. And this one is like, it's just genius. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, he's got to get the kid, keep the kid away. You know, he gets attached. Like my rules are basically don't, don't get attached. Of course, mm -hmm. he gets attached. And we all get attached too. So it doesn't right. feel like it's baby stuff. It feels no. like it's iconic primary colors movie making a storytelling right it's just brilliant and it's all it all honors you know for the fan base it honors the texture of the original thing they're not shooting it with actual models and everything anymore they can do it all cgi but they honor that look and the chroma and everything to make it look like the ships and the steel and the weapons and everything conform to that original vision with this uh first boba fett episode that we watched there's a and I'm, i won't spoil anything but there's a creature in this that we see and it it, it you know seems to be all cgi maybe when it's up close that that might be you know some a rubber a rubber suit or whatever but i felt like it and you you mentioned harryhausen even though I'm sure it's all CGI, they've done it in such a way that it looks kind of like it's stop motion, you know. And the design of it, yeah, is very, very. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, yeah. but it does. You know, we. I was like, well, that's homage, that right, right there. That's. Uh, so I think you know. I'm sure they're probably at times saying, okay, we. It's possible we could make this more photorealistic, but we also want it to tie in with the other films that. They didn't have this this technology then so I, i'm just guessing there was a point at which cgi was more expensive mm -hmm. um and i don't i mean that may still be the case in some applications of cgi but i think if you are you know for example rendering armies at the gates mm -hmm. they have ai programs that not render all the little figures and then give all of the little figures their own like okay well that one of a thousand little digital figures is you know his foot's on fire so mm -hmm. he's you know his little ai is doing that and you just it's one big render right so you're kind of letting the computer take over some creative and with processing power now you're not you know you kind of set up the algorithm and then you just let it render for a day or whatever it takes and i don't know that cgi is necessarily i think it's cheaper in many cases than probably now yeah. building a practical set and going on location etc 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 you know that's one thing with these with these two series that i think they also have done really well is you know there are these they're these big budget things but they also feel kind of small in a good way so you don't have for the most part these you know one of my criticisms of most of the superhero films now is they all kind of descend into just a giant cgi battle of you know a bunch of whirling dervishes. yeah and you don't really have this that with these shows you know you you don't have these giant uh, everything doesn't just culminate in a big battle of CGI characters, you know, bouncing off of each other. And, and so I, 
I like that because again, that feels more in tone with the uh, now the prequels were like that, but um, and so they kind of look like a cartoon at times. But the original Star Wars films don't don't have that in them for the most part. Right? You know, you didn't have the CGI stuff then. So, so that's another thing that I really like about these shows is is the the battles are kind of small in a positive way. I quite agree. So, uh, I mean, we don't have to recommend this because I'm sure it's we had it. a I recommend, yeah, check it out. Gazillion yeah. streams. It's not going to be shy of viewers. No. So what do you want to do next? Oh, you sent we, me that trailer that South I was Lentils. like, what is that? It yeah, looks so, bonkers. So I, what made that this kind of circles back to the Matrix. So uh, I guess what we're going to do next week is Southland Tales, which was written and directed by Richard Kelly who's the guy who wrote and directed Donnie Darko. And I think there's a little bit of a parallel with uh, these Matrix films because the scale is much different, but he did Donnie Darko, which was, is, you know, has become this kind of big cult classic and then went on and did two more films. I think that's it. He did the Southland Tales that has a big kind of all-star cast um, and then he did another movie called The Box. And I think that's all he's done. Um, so I think it's kind of similar to The Matrix in that, in my opinion, you know, they had this great film with The Matrix and then they've done these other things that have been, you know, not received as well and, and haven't been as good. Just the difference is the budgets. They're able to continue working. And, and I think- Southland he, Tales is not related to- Doesn't Darby. have anything to do with- I, I don't separate. believe, yeah, I don't totally. believe it has anything. It, it may be one, they did, I think, a comic with it too. It may the be- The trailer makes it looks like they're doing, There's it's Dwayne Johnson, right? And there's mm -hmm. Chacha, Justin him being Tim like- Justin Timberlake is in it. And yeah. It looks like there's a comic element. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, let's- Let's do that for next time. Fantastic. Join I think us. that's definitely a movie that a lot of people haven't seen. I had never even heard of it. And mm -hmm. you sent me that trailer and I was like, what is happening? I believe it was 2006 when it came out. Man, I, I hope it... Uh, it's a weird movie. I hope it's as enjoyable as the trailer is because I just couldn't... I saw it when it originally came out. My eyebrows I, couldn't go any higher. I don't remember a lot about it. So, I mean, it can't be a great movie or we'd have heard of it so yeah. we'll see it'll be an interesting discussion yes and so, um oh, stomach thank you for joining <laughs> us um we're on else? the socials we're on youtube yes uh, chris and chris talk movies at gmail.com we're on all the podcast <laughs> we're on the youtube where maybe you're watching us right now we're on uh all the podcasts wherever you get your podcast if that's what you're listening to right now thank you so much for continuing to join us in our little chats yes and if there's nothing else we will talk to you next week <laughs>